to preach Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 17. That's the title of my sermon tonight. And those are the verses we're reading. Do you guys have physical Bibles or, or glowing Bibles? Go ahead, pull it out, pull it out, let's go. I'm going to give you like five seconds. Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. How many of you guys love the Bible app? Isn't it so cool? <clears throat> um, I love these verses. I prayed about this and the Holy Spirit led me to this verse in Ephesians. I really believe tonight's going to help so many people out in just the 14 minutes I have here. It says in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 6, we know this is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, so the Apostle Paul, by the way, he ran a bunch of churches, okay. Kind of like our lead pastor, Pastor Gabby. How many of you guys love your senior pastor? <clears throat> he runs right now uh, two churches directly, 29 churches indirectly. He's just got that gift over him. That gift of that apostolic, lowercase a, apostolic spiritual gifting to lead a cluster of organizations in multiple churches and, and think vision. And he's a visionary. Um, this is a capital A apostle, meaning someone put into ministry by Jesus himself. And Paul's writing letters to all these churches. He's leading all these churches really like virtually before it was virtual. So he's writing letters. Today's world, that's like emails and Zoom, right? So he's like virtually leading a bunch of churches. And um, this is his letter to the church in Ephesus. Every church letter had some same uh, consistent uh, ideas because this is the early church. So you can imagine a lot of people, no matter where you're from, you struggle with some of the same things. But according to where you live was really according to the gospel and the way that it was delivered, presented, and even some verses, the way that they're explained. Not that one's right, one's wrong. It's just that wherever you're at, sometimes you need a bit more emphasis on one part of the Bible. Can I get an amen tonight? Like, like down here, and I, and I have friends that pastor in different places of the U.S. They say it's so chill in Florida. But I'm like, bro, you'd be surprised. Nights that it rains and no one comes out. And he's like, what? And I hear about his church, how people still go to church. It being like 20 degrees outside, they still got the church open. And, and they're busting caps left and right on the streets. People are getting shot in cold blood. And they have their most attendance on a cold uh, night with, with, with literally gun violence on the streets on the way to church. So it's not that the gospel is different, but it, it just slightly hits different depending on the context you're in. Does that make sense? Like what you preach in Afghanistan is not what you preach in Kissimmee, Florida. Like these Christians are dealing with a little less than what the, the, the Christian world is in Afghanistan right now. Um, so Paul's talking about something real big to this Ephesian church. This is a very real place, a very real city. Paul is a very real person. And this is his letter. This is his advice. So this isn't to you. The Bible's not written to you. Do not believe when you read the Bible that is written to you. The Bible's written for you. That was like, um, that was like five people. I said the Bible's written for you. If you believe that, can you shout amen tonight? The Bible's written for me, but it's not to me because every Every book in the Bible has an audience. I'm trying to help you read the Bible so you don't just close your eyes one day and say, God, and then it's like the worst verse you could ever looked at. Understand what you're reading. Like, who wrote the book? Who are they writing it to? What are they trying to say? Because this isn't to me, it's for me. Paul says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on, put on the full armor of God. Ooh, you see that image? Y'all see, see the image right there in your head? full armor like a soldier you see that right full armor I could barely see you if you're obedient to this verse I cannot see you 
I see armor. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is so important in your spiritual walk, friends. This is so key. You've really got to get this. And I, didn't, I wanted to t- take the, the, the Devo time to talk about something real deep. So I'm going to try pray for me, y'all. Pray for me that I keep on this time. Um, but what's, what's crazy about this is so, I love this. Hear my heart. Ready? So many people are confused when the devil attacks them when the Bible warns them to put on armor. So, and it's such a big idea, right? Like, so simple. Put on armor so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. I've seen so many followers of Jesus stand against the devil's schemes without putting on the armor of God. And they walk away sometimes. And they, and they shy back. And they, they're confused. You know, the, the devil is like the king of confusion. You know that. And they're in the spot where they begin to fall away. I, I don't think it's because the devil's stronger than you. I don't think it's because he's much smarter than you. I think God's armor is sufficient for you. But there's a realization you need as a Christ follower to understand that the devil's after me. Demons are after me. Temptation is after me. This world is after me. After my heart, after my money, after my sanity, my purity, my sex life. The world is running after me. I need to learn now or later that I have to put on the armor of God. Here's my first point to that. This is really what everything's about. Where there is spiritual progress, there is spiritual warfare. Please get that in your heart. That God's not mad at you because you're going through spiritual warfare. The devil's mad at you because you have spiritual progress. The enemy is not mad at you when you are a friend of the enemy. You are a threat when you are a threat. Y'all, y'all here tonight. When you begin to progress. So I know people in this church that life was all fine and dandy until they got saved. And now you have to be the leader in areas that you were the follower. And now you have to be the example. And now you have to step up and be the man of God, the woman of God in that relationship, in that area of your life. And ever since you said yes to the call of God, things haven't been easy. It's gotten almost tougher. But the truth is, friends, is that we have to understand that the warfare is directly connected to the progress that God is doing in our lives. If you believe that, can you shout amen on a Tuesday night one time for your boy? Warfare is an indicator that you're doing something good. You being tempted, you being called. It's like, Pastor, I, was, I wasn't focusing on girls. And, and once, once I got back in the game of, like, really focusing on God, it seems like the people I prayed for in one season were texting me, signed to my DMs. It was like right when I started taking God seriously, people that didn't take me serious now took me serious. And now I got to be, and now I'm in this crossroad of, God, is this a sign for you that I stop seeking you? Because my prayer request from a year ago is finally at the doorstep. Is it, is it now time to stop going deeper? Is it, is it now time? And now the warfare in your life has led you to be confused in the call of God or the call of the enemy. The enemy, he, before he kills you, he'll distract you. Before he destroys you, he'll distract you. And he's going to, 
the devil has schemed. Can we look at that verse, verse 11? He's scheming, he's plotting, he, he knows what he's doing. But friends, do you know that there's a war out there? We got to understand this. We can't be naive about this. My next point is this, that if you are a friend of God, you are an enemy to the devil. And there's no in-between. Once you become a friend of God, once you give your life to Jesus, you are a threat to the devil's kingdom. But here's the good news tonight. Is that, next point, God has armor for you. He's, in these next verses, he's got armor for you. In other words, he knows the fight and he's giving you gear for the fight. He knows, what's, he knows what it is. Isn't he a good father that way? Dad, it's not that he doesn't know what he's sending us into. No, even though you walk through the darkest valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil for I am with you. God's given us some armor. And here's my question tonight. Before we even go into the armor and break down these verses verse by verse, here's my question for you. Why wouldn't you use the armor that God gave you for the fight that he set before you? Why wouldn't you use the armor that God has given you for the fight that is set before you? You'll fight on your own strength. You'll fight on your own ability. You'll fight on your own knowledge and your own wisdom and your own flesh. And you will lose because me against flesh is a loss. But the spirit against the flesh is an unequal battle. And I need the armor that God has for me. Amen. I remember when I first was rocking these iPhones. Anybody got iPhones in here? Any saved people? I remember I first, when I first got the iPhone, I'd, I'd have it naked. No, no, uh, no, no case or nothing on it. Any, any, fa any like just fearless people right now, your phone has nothing on it. It is just, <clears throat> we all learned that lesson, I'm assuming, all right? Been there, done that. So up until like two years ago, I never had a case on my phone. I never had a case. I mean, I didn't have nothing on it. And I remember people coming up to me like, bro, you don't got a case? You're crazy, bro. You got Apple Care? No, I don't. You're crazy, bro. Yo, try this case out. It's nice. I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. And it's, like, it's a little bulky, you know. I say, hey, but it works for me. It's like, cool, all right, that works for you. I'm going the way the phone was invented. You know, that's the way I used to think. It's meant to be held with all these cases. Another friend comes up to me, bro, look at this OtterBox, bro. OtterBox. I was like, OtterBox? OtterBox. Anybody got an OtterBox right now? Anybody, any OtterBox Christians out here? Let's go. Nine of you. Let's go. And, and he was like, bro, this, this is good for every fall. See, this, this other one I, I, that you, you showed me, that one, if it falls at a different angle, it's still going to crack. But with the OtterBox, it doesn't matter which angle it falls. Why are we all like phone technicians out of nowhere, right? Another friend comes up to me, bro, you don't... You don't got a temper glass on your screen, bro. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, bro, there's a glass you put. It's like glass, but it cracks before that cracks. Bro, put one front end back, bro. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? I'm like, bro, relax. We have the same phone. But there's more of a likely chance that after one fall, my phone is broken and his, his phone's still working. Same phone, same manufacturer, same, same, same Steve Jobs. Same Apple logo. But one, one's got some armor around it. And one fall. Are you one fall away from just falling away? Because I know Christians that could fall and bounce back. That's because they're putting armor on. They're putting double tempered glass on a box with a pillow on top. And a bag, a plastic bag with rice, just ready to just soak it in rice. <laughs> 
yo, are you ready to fall? You know you're going to fall, right? The righteous man in scripture says the righteous man falls and gets back up. You know you're going to fall, right? Let's not, let's not be naive. But how are you going to get back up? How are you going to get back up? How? Ephesians 11, 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Here's a second title. Uh, it's this, take a stand. Take a stand against the devil's schemes. That doesn't sound like a suggestion. It didn't say try to take a stand against the devil. It says take a stand against the devil. You have all authority to take a stand against the devil. You know what's so sad? That God gives out armor, people will take it. They'll receive the armor of God, but they won't stand up. So you find a soldier, imagine, you find a soldier, a bunch of them are standing. Put on the armor and stand. Put on the armor and stand. That's what Paul's saying. Take your stand. Put on the armor and take your stand against the devil's schemes. I wonder how many Christians got the armor, but they're sitting down. Wearing armor that's meant to protect you, but you're, you're sitting down. Like, all this armor prepared for you to go to battle, but you're still at boot camp kicking it in your bunk. All this armor that's meant for you to be in the field, that's supposed to protect you from bullets and swords and spears and arrows, and you're sitting on the sidelines. Friends, you know that the enemy, when he sees Christian folks start putting on armor, you know he doesn't go after those that stand against him. He goes, he goes after the ones that are sitting. When the enemy goes after people and attacks people, so yeah, put your armor on, but that's how you're going to fight this thing. But the enemy is not going to try to go first after those who are standing with armor, but first those who are sitting with armor. Isn't that a funny picture, a soldier sitting down? Isn't that a funny picture? A Christian with all the tools, with all the knowledge, with all the wisdom, with all the Bible, with all the prayer, with all the fasting, and no activity. That's why James says, listen church, faith without works is dead. You have to take a stand. You can't just get all this information. Where is that information flowing out to? Take a stand. Take a stand. Next point is this. Armor is meant for the battlefield. Armor is meant for the battlefield. I don't know about you, I'll take the armor instead of going to the battlefield without no armor. Again, that's a, that's a believer without the armor of God. It's someone out in the field without armor. Yet some people have armor and they're on the sidelines. It's meant for the battlefield. It's meant for the battlefield. This is wild because I know like right now all of us are in a sitting position. Right? I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm talking about like literally physically, Right? What we do at church, we stand, we worship a little bit, and then we sit down. Friends, just because you're sitting in church doesn't mean you're supposed to sit when we leave these doors. Even though we sit a lot in church, which, you know, I went on a missions trip, and those people stood up two hours on their feet. And it changed my life. I'm like, I think the next week we was at the Hope Center, I was like, take all the chairs out. <laughs> but what's funny, we're in this sitting position. Listen, friends, when you are sitting, even if you have armor, you can still make really bad decisions. I got all the armor in the world, but pastor, I'm sitting down. Listen, it's time to stand up. Here's why. I put it this way. Take a stand or else sitting becomes your stance. 
Take a stand against the enemy or else sitting will become your stance. Listen, friends, when you're standing, you're speaking truth. When you're sitting, you're speaking lies. When you're standing, you are active. When you're sitting, you are inactive. Both have armor. One's involved in the fight. One's in the background. Anybody receiving tonight? Come on, I'm preaching this with all of my heart tonight. I'm almost done with you guys tonight. Put on the full, mar- full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Do you guys want to know I don't, why I don't preach on your haters all the time? Because the battle's not against flesh and blood. You know why we don't do a hater series? It's for all my haters. For all your haters. Hey, yo, post this message tonight and make sure all your haters see. Start a close friends and put them all on this story. All your haters. Listen to my pastor. Look, listen to him. Look. Look. You know I don't preach about your haters? Because your haters are flesh and blood. And God says we battle not against flesh and blood. You want to know? You know, you want to, you know why I'll never preach for you not to forgive people? You know why I'll never preach to you to hold a grudge on someone? It's because you're supposed to love those people. Jesus says, love your enemies. And I imagine a thousand people stand up and say, that guy's weird, and they left. We battle, I love verse 12, our struggle, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not your sister. Your sister is not the devil. Your dad is not the devil. That person that you hate is not the devil. Let God into your hate. Because that's not a root of God. That's the root of the enemy. Let God into that. Because your enemy is not flesh and blood. I'll never preach to you to hate people. Listen, friends, hate sin. Not the sinner. Hate sin. Because the battle is not against flesh and blood. My next point says this. We battle not against people. Your worst enemy is not your worst enemy. My next point says do not mistake in the enemy. The enemy is not a person. Forgive that person. You are not what happened to you. Forgive that person. Do not hold a grudge. God doesn't hold grudges on you. When you receive God's forgiveness, you can give God's forgiveness. Can I say it again? This is going to help you forgive somebody. Listen, when you receive God's forgiveness, he allows you to give forgiveness. And the enemy wants you to think your worst enemy is a person. Isn't that a confusing game? Going after people that God is calling you to go after with love. And the enemy sits and he laughs when people of God see each other as enemies. When Paul's like, yo, your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is not the president. Your enemy is not our, our, our local government leaders. Your enemy is not your, your leaders, your family, that person. What does it say your enemy is? Uh, verses 12 to 13. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're fighting demons, y'all. We're not fighting people. Let's get, let's get the enemy right. How are we going to leave this huddle and go into the world ready to fight, not clearly defining the enemy? We need to clearly define the enemy, and it's not people, y'all. It's not people. I love this, though. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of, 
full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There it goes again. Stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Let's go through the armor of God. Let's go through the armor of God. Verse 14. First piece of armor. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. You guys have those verses. Ephesians 6, 13. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Listen, friends, if you have these nice baggy pants, I know baggy pants is back in the game. Shout out to the game. Shout out baggy pants. We're all breathing again. Welcome to freedom, all right? We went baggy again. You know what I mean? I just, I'm laughing about this. I remember high school, it's like, I'll never go baggy again, you know? And here we are. If you got baggy pants on and you don't have a belt, what's going to happen in public? You're going to look like a fool. Everything, your whole armor falls apart. The belt holds all the armor together. The belt holds all the armor in balance. The belt holds all the armor together. It's your balance. Listen, friends, the truth needs to be what gives you balance. The truth allows you not to follow lies or facades, but you can actually handle anything. Only the truth deserves to be what we actually have balance on. The truth. The truth of God. The truth. It's the belt that holds all the other, all the other pieces of armor into place. Young adults, let the truth be what holds you together. Not your perception of the truth. Not social media's truth. Not the next viral video of the gospel. Let that not be your truth. Let's find truth. Let's open up our Bible and see what God is saying to us so we can understand the truth. Anybody need more truth in their life? Everything in life right now is, is it's, all, it's like lies spreads so much faster than the truth. What's next on the full armor of God? Not only the belt of truth, but the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate goes from like your neck down to like your lower torso. The breastplate, this, what, what's in this area? Who? My heart. The breastplate of righteousness. This specific part of armor protects all of my internal organs. My lungs, my heart, my stomach. What does that mean, my lungs? What am I breathing in? What am I breathing out? Righteousness protects my lungs. My heart, above all else, guard your heart, the Bible says. Righteousness protects my heart. Because the enemy could, he could lead me, he could try to go after my heart, right? Like, all right, I got the belt on, but I'm not protecting my heart. And the enemy goes after your heart. And he just dangles some prosperity or dangles some opportunity or some person or some, some distraction. Just hanging it in front of you, dangling in front of you. And you don't protect your heart with righteousness, you'll fall. You will fall. Your stomach, that's your appetite. What are you hungry for? Listen, you can't find hun hunger in the things of God if you don't first cover up with righteousness. You cannot protect your hunger and your appetite for the things of the Lord if you are not practicing righteousness. Can I get an amen tonight? Your organs affect how you function. And we have to put on righteousness. Not righteousness that comes from works, but the righteousness that comes through the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if I am saved, and if I confess him as Lord and Savior over my life, I have, I have been made righteous through Jesus. You can't be righteous through your own works. Righteousness comes through only faith in Jesus. You got to cover your heart with righteousness. 
See, here's the thing. Most of the things that taint our hearts are always something that are destroying people. Most of the things that taint your heart are always in line to destroy people. If not you, the people around you. And I need righteousness to protect me from that. The next one, 15. And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So this part of the armor is called the shoes of the gospel. I love that. That when I go to battle, first of all, we're not all barefoot. I feel uncomfortable when people are barefoot in public. Sorry for venting. If you're not laughing, it's you. We don't judge you. What's up? I'm slightly judging you if I catch you on Walmart barefoot. I don't know what you're doing right now. We're praying for your feet. <laughs> Forget it. I'm not going to do it. Paul gives, right? Paul's writing this with the help of the Holy Spirit. He says, the shoes of the gospel. I love how the gospel is in my feet because feet means movement. I love that the gospel is in my feet. That's a, you know that one song. We love that one song. Blessed are the feet that carry the gospel. Like keep walking, keep walking, keep preaching, keep teaching. Because the shoes of the gospel, as I move, the gospel goes with me. This is how we protect our feet. You want to know how you're protecting your feet? When you're walking in the gospel. What am I trying to say? Listen, will you march wherever the Lord leads you? Will you walk in obedience? Because if you do not protect your feet with the gospel, you will end up in some weird places. Your heart will be protected, right, with the breastplate. Your belt with the truth, but you find yourself standing in the worst place ever. Because you didn't allow the gospel to affect your feet and your direction. And how you move. Every step that you take, is it mission-minded? I'm not talking about the big steps. I'm talking about also the little steps. Is it mission-minded? I love that song. I'm going to play that song. We'll figure that out. Follow God and carry the gospel. I love that. Shoes of the gospel. Next, verse 16. Take up the shield of faith. And then Paul says, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. The devil's not just throwing arrows. He's throwing flaming arrows. Real Game of Thrones vibes right now. Haven't seen the show. Everyone else did. They're telling me to do it. I don't know what to do. Not just regular arrows. Hawkeye, right? Flaming ones. They're on fire. That's what the enemy's throwing. And how do we protect against that? We take up a shield of faith. A shield of faith. Your faith protects you from the fiery flamed arrows from the devil. What is, it, what is the devil throwing at you? He's throwing doubt. He's throwing temp temptation. He's throwing sin. He's throwing addiction. He's throwing laziness. He's throwing lies. And if you do not have faith in Jesus, you are letting his arrows penetrate. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's all the armor. You end with the helmet of salvation. Friends, you want to know how to protect your mind? Remember that you're saved. You want to protect your mind? Your anxiety? You want, you want to know what's going to help your anxiety more than anything? The constant reminder that you have been saved by Jesus Christ. That you were on your way to where you were on your way to. And Jesus provided a fire escape. That is what protects my mind. It's my salvation. 
So whenever my mind goes crazy, whenever I think stupid thoughts, like giving up my follow with Christ and giving up the call of God in my life and giving up, whenever my mind is literally tempted with this darkness that comes straight from the pit of hell, I remember and I protect my mind with the helmet of salvation. I have been justified through the work of the cross. Anybody justified in here? Anybody saved in here? Can you give a shout of praise tonight if you're saved? Come on, if you're like, if you're secure on the gospel, like, I mean, you can do a little bit better than that. Like, you know that you know that you know that God has a place prepared for you in heaven. Like, you know that you know that you know that if Jesus returns right now, we going home, baby. Protect your mind with your salvation. And you know how you fight? You know what your weapon is? Your only weapon is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. It's your only weapon in this fight. Everything else is protection. Your only weapon is the word of God. How many Christians are in the battlefield with all this armor, but they left their sword back at the tent? They forgot the word of God. Put on the whole armor. All of it. Let's, let's do a recap on all of it and then we're done. The belt of truth, let's put it on. The breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness, let's put it on. The shoes of gospel. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Put on the armor of God. When I was, when I was younger, I would... Um, Anybody had, like, training wheels growing up on your bikes? How many of y'all, I want to see a show of hands, you never had training wheels. You just learned as you learned. Where my gangsters at, all right. I was given a bike with training wheels, and um, I was getting ready to ride the bike, and my dad offered me a helmet. I'm like, Dad, I'm good. I got these training wheels. Going, 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 and then I all leaned too much, and the training wheel wasn't really like locked in. So over and over, I just kept falling and falling. And you know, as a kid, you fall, you get back up, you fall back, until there's that one bad fall. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever got your your like air knocked out of you, and you try to like yell at someone, you're like, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like it was one of those bad falls. And I go to my dad crying. I mean, I'm bleeding. I had a big head, so my head would bounce around all the streets. But I'm talking about the rest of my body. I'd get cut up. I'd get beat up. I'd get murked up. And I'd go back to my dad. I'd be like, yo, I need a Band-Aid. I need prayer. I need a miracle. I need God to close this gap right now. My dad would look at me. He'd say, son, but I gave you this helmet gave you these knee pads. I'll fix you, son, because I love you. I'll give you the Band-Aid. I'll give you the, the alcohol. You know, ah. some of y'all just smelling the, smelling the alcohol for the shot. You just start getting sweaty because it gets you nervous. I'll, I'll, son, I'll heal you, but there's a reason I gave you armor. I will heal you because I, I love you. I'll heal your heart because you didn't have righteousness. I'll heal your mind because you forgot salvation. I'll put your life back together because you forgot the truth. 
I'll give you some new kicks because you're walking in sin instead of walking in the gospel. I'll give you the word again so you know how to fight. But friend, understand that I'm setting you up to win, not to lose. I'm not giving you armor for you to pick it up when it's time to fight. I'm giving you armor because we battle not against flesh and blood, but the demons and principalities and rulers of the spiritual realm. You need armor. Because, friends, I don't know if the next time you fall, it'll wipe you out of the church. That fall might be the last one. You, you ever, like, mess with one that got, like, hit in the head and, like, they're a little different now? Just a little different? You don't know? No? No? He was Mike. After that one bike accident, he's crazy Mike. No? Crazy Mike. Yo, I, <laughs> here's the thing about trying to fight the enemy without God's armor. I don't know if you'll get back up after one blow. And if you get back up, you won't get back up the same. You put on the armor of God. Man, let's, let's look at these verses when we go home. Read them tonight. Read them tomorrow. Talk about it at Hope Group. My Hope Group is lit, by the way. Shout out to all my boys in my Hope Group. And we're going to talk about it. Like, how are we going to put this on? Because, friends, when you start your spiritual progress, there will always be spiritual warfare. 